Yo, what's good, YouTubes? This is your boy in the NYC. It's me, Ray, and this is the EDCCP. That is the Everyday City Carry Podcast. And we've got very special guests today. We got Metal Complex in the house in this episode. going on man look who we got on the podcast it's metal complex that's so funny dude i saw the switch from leisure casual voice to like what's up man (laughs) (laughs) what's going on on, man hey thanks for doing the podcast um what made you decide to come on like some time freed up or Oh, if it's, I mean, another opportunity to talk for a really mm-hmm. long time, right? I mean, the, yeah, like any any opportunity to, to sit and talk, but um, I enjoy your podcast. And, and of course, we're, we're both in the Apex Passer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Some time free up this week. Cheers to you, by the way. I'm doing some day drinking because I, from my experience, I'm a much better host when I sip on whiskey a little bit. <laughs> so I normally don't drink during the day. I usually do the podcast uh, at night. But hey, man, let's do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't blame you. I've, I've, I've had a lot of caffeine. Uh, I, I, I've already had four cups since I woke oh, up in the morning. Really? I wake up early. I wake up around like six. And then okay. I get a little bit more fun. I'm a slow starter kind of guy, you know? Are you like that? Oh, definitely. Um, I have to wake up super early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to have coffee. And it just, everything just feels like I'm dragging a piano through a field of peanut butter in the yeah. morning it just yep. takes so long to get going and then once i do get going it's like you know i mean the, i mean it, sometimes I'm, I'm sure it comes out in the reviews but like it's there's so much it gets going so fast that i have to utilize that time to do a review yeah. you know yeah. dude that's so funny because I'm, I'm a similar way so like in the morning it's i'm a very slow starter i have to consume some stuff like i listen to a lot of podcasts to get my mind kind of going. I, I get current events from that, which is funny because I listen to comedians most of the time. And to nice. hear comedians break down coronavirus is just hilarious. <laughs> uh, but that's how I get going. And then I have my coffee around like maybe 10-ish. Okay. Maybe 10, uh, maybe 9.30. I, my brain starts going. I start getting ideas. I'll film unboxings or whatever. I started watching your latest videos. Uh, at that around that time today, you know, just to catch up on what's going on. And dude, I have to say, man, one, how do you make all these videos all the time? And also, also, I want to, I'm going to go deeper into that. You're not just making short videos. You have videos that are very long, just uh, discussing one subject. I watched the, um, the difference between a good knife and a bad knife video today. Very, very good. I learned stuff on my own. Maybe Maybe I knew this stuff already, but I kind of like will know how to word it better in my own videos because of how you describe things. How do you come up with the time? Oh, boy. Um, you know, a lot of times I will record very early in the morning. Um, I, I like to get up and, you know, move around. And, and uh, like, so the, the end of my day, I'm constantly thinking because I have two kids and my wife and I both have full-time jobs. And so it's funny that like when you get to a point in your life where, uh, structure is a necessity. The irony is, is that 
you actually find yourself with, um, you know, more free time than you thought you would have because everything is so like, this is what I do between six and 7am. This is what I do between seven and eight thirty. And you know, the, the goal for me every single day is to be able to come home and sit down. Everything's done. The chores are done. Um, you know, everything that I did at work is completed. And then I can actually sit down with my wife and enjoy some, some quality time. And, um, so it's just, the structure has to be there. So a lot of times it'll be, um, recording in the morning. Um, sometimes it'll be recording, you know, over my lunch break, but truthfully, I have at a work, lot of freedom. lunch break at work. Some, yeah. Like, I mean, my, my job allows, uh, I have an enormous amount of freedom. Like, I mean, my office is wherever I want it to be. Um, so for right now, you know, I am, I'm here anyway. So for right now, I'm really able to sit down and do videos like whenever I kind of want to. Um, but yeah, that's generally how it is. It's I'll record a couple of videos in the morning and a couple of videos, um, at lunch. And I, I try to, I try to record three or four times in a day. And, um, Jesus, since there's no, dude. yeah. And there's no, <laughs> wow. there's no editing. So like, yeah. I just, I just talk and I'm like, I guess that's what, you know, that those were my thoughts in the moment. So that's what goes up usually. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people just have that gift and I can clearly see that you're so passionate about the hobby and you have the gift of gab. You can kind of carry a topic along. Um, I, I can, I Thank can talk you. to myself on camera about a lot of different things, but I have a hard time talking about one thing. I think it's the ADHD, the hyperactivity, you know, going on there. Um, sure. do you notice yourself making more videos? Have you been working full time amidst this whole thing or? I mean, yeah, you can call it that. A lot of it is mm -hmm. it's, it's really difficult to do what I do full time right now because um, what I do is provide um, a means of advertising for local businesses. So okay. um, like digital advertising, a lot of it, you know, used to be a lot more TV, but TV, you know, people don't do cable anymore because of all the streaming services. So yeah. you know, yep. I offer advertising services uh, uh, for it's a, a combination of a local digital newspaper, but also mm -hmm. like, you know, YouTube advertising and mm -hmm. um, uh, Instagram advertising, Snapchat advertising, you know, mm -hmm. any way that they can get, uh, get their information out there. But because contact with clients is super limited right now, there's just not, you know, a lot of the, the process to get this stuff done is actually shorter now um, because everybody's having to do, you know, what they can. And yeah. so my, all my interaction with all my clients is over, you know, the phone or on a computer anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm parked down here. It, I mean, behind me, this looks, <laughs> this is <like laughs> some guy's basement, right? Um, yeah. It's my basement, but um, yeah, it's, it's literally the corner of what I call the dungeon in my house. Mm -hmm. um, but, I need uh, but, one. I need one, man. See, like this room is where I do all my stuff, but my girl can come in anytime. I can hear her outside. So, yeah. you know, some of my videos, like the intro, I'll be like, fuck, I can hear you, man. You know, <laughs> this mic picks up everything. And uh, yeah. I, I, I almost feel like I need that. Um, so are, are you, so you have been working full time this whole time. How has quarantine affected yeah. you and uh, your video production? Are you doing more vids, like things like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely more videos. I mean, so uh, I'm, I mean, a lot of people are stuck inside. Now. And truthfully, I'm fortunate in that Hayes, Kansas, which is where I live, which for anybody who's wondering is like smack dab in the middle of the United States. Yeah. Um, we have barely been affected at all by this in mm -hmm. terms of like number of cases here. I mean, it's still definitely people are taking it seriously. Um, yeah. but people, people don't leave their houses unless they have to, or they're, you know, mm -hmm. but we haven't been like shut down here. 
Um, but I, I stay inside a lot, you know, like I, I go outside and, and, and enjoy the outside around, uh, my house. Um, and I, I go out and get stuff that I need. Um, but uh, my kids are still, they, they were home with me for a little bit, but they are back to school. And, yep. and so, you know, to just like, uh, keep myself busy and occupied is so important because if I was just limited to what I did for work, I would be done with everything by like 11 o'clock in the morning and it would just be answering, you know, a couple of phone calls, a couple of emails here and there. So it's actually been really great to have extra time to work on the channel because now I really am still busy until five o'clock every single day. Yeah. Um, Damn, you and, put that much time into it? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's uh, amazing, man. I, you know what's crazy when I watch you? Um, because when I, you and I were in the same contest together, the Nick Shabazz contest, and I actually yeah. talked about this with Neves and I's before. I said, Metal Complex took that contest, and he was like, oh, man, I was number two in everything, and he just floored it. And he basically <laughs> just went whole hog, just went completely crazy, multiple videos a day, and your trajectory has just skyrocketed, man. And, and you have actually inspired me amidst this whole uh, quarantine thing, because New York City is, is highly affected by it. I don't, none right. of my family members are sick or anything, but I don't really good. know what's going on outside, dude. I throw right. away the garbage and I ship things for the Apex Fast Farm group. That's all I've done. All our groceries are delivered. So I don't know what's going on out there. I oh, haven't man. been working. I have not been working for over a month. I'm still getting paid. Um, and I got that stimulus check. You know, we can talk about that later. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I don't know what's going on outside. And uh, fuck, what was the point I was trying to make of this right now? Where was I going with this? Can you? <laughs> We're talking about. Tra trajectory and, and the, the amount of content. Yes. Um, you know, so I watched you and your uh, discipline with making videos. And I have been putting up a video once or twice a day for the past, I want to say two weeks, um, awesome. whether it's highlights from the podcast, unboxings. And I feel like I've started to finally get my groove, which I've never had in YouTube. I was always a guy that put everything into one video and as awesome as that one video is, and people are like, oh my God, you know, you make these crazy videos. It's like, it wasn't producing the results I wanted from YouTube, which is like, mm -hmm. you know, get a little more traction. Like I knew my stuff was good for some people, but if I didn't produce more content, I wouldn't get anywhere. And you have inspired me to do that. And I've seen a lot of results from it during this whole thing of me being home, man. So thank That's you for awesome. that. Oh yeah, for sure, man. I, I really think that like the develop, it's like what I was talking about with, um, you know, you get to a, you get to a certain point where having an enormous amount of structure, uh, is, is really beneficial. And, uh, you know, uh, like in terms of YouTube, um, having structure, you know, with your videos and with your schedule and, and everything like that, uh, is great. And then if you can pack on, you know, volume, uh, it's, it's enormously beneficial and with more volume, um, comes, uh, you know, more data to analyze. Uh, mm -hmm. you, you, you understand, you know, the response to, you know, what you're putting out so much better. And if you're constantly doing the same thing, you know, obviously the, the quality definitely is important, you know, mm -hmm. but the more that you do it, the more you understand exactly, you know, what the response is and, uh, whether or not it is, is something that you can efficiently repeat. And so I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And now it just feels like a natural part. Now mm -hmm. I don't want to stop. Yes, um, and, me and you, neither. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you love, like you get addicted to seeing 
things be successful and, yeah. uh, and getting a positive response from those things. And so it, it just adds mm -hmm. to the drive, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, in that one video where you were talking about uh, other niches of YouTube and things like that, I found that super interesting and fascinating because I think you're one of the few people that are sort of in my niche of like knife people that know about the broad spectrum of what the YouTube really is, man. <laughs> like I watch other content more than knife content, right? I, I, I've been completely honest with this. When I see a buddy of mine have a video and I have time, I watch it. Most of the mm -hmm. time I'm watching maybe cinematography, photography, people like these vloggers like Casey Neistat, Peter McKinnon that are just monsters in YouTube. Yep. And there's no one in our uh, knife sort of world that is like that yet no one is right i mean you know is it going to be a tiktok kid doing the whoa and reviewing knives <laughs> from the next mainstream person i don't know does drake edc one day and then we just become the you know pioneers of this movement i don't know but oh, that, that that moment has not happened to the knife community yet. right right no, even though not. yeah even though it's you're, massive right right yep yep you're you're 100 percent right and it's so <laughs> What a weird thing to think about, you know, um, because yeah, I've heard different people say like, oh man, like, you know, it's like knife reviewers is so saturated right now. And, and it's not like no. there are, there are a lot of knife reviewing channels. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in, by contrast, it's like what you were saying, you know, compared to these, these other niches on YouTube, mm -hmm. um, there technology, right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. People are viewing smartphones, you know, yeah, oh, definitely. Absolutely. And, and it's it, like, in a lot of ways, it is opportunistic, you know, um, because this, the way I see it is, is our, our community is expanding. Um, the, the, the knife industry is expanding and there's more interest in this stuff. Right. Um, but there's not nearly as many reviewers, of course, you know, you know, compared to the, like how much interest there is to this, this stuff all the way around versus our niches. So, you know, people are, are interested. In, I did this, the, the video on the knife guy where I talked about, should you start an, a YouTube channel, you know, based mm -hmm. on knives and, and yeah, it, it, it can be, you know, beneficial. Some people do really, really well with it. Um, and, and some people don't, but the way I see it is it, it, what is it? It's like half the world's population logs onto YouTube every single day. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, whether or not somebody's like immediately interested in specifically the information that you're putting out there is one factor. But, you know, I, I see it as there's, there's roughly 18,000 people subscribed to me, mm -hmm. but there's, there's probably so many other people that don't even realize they might be interested in exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you want to, you want to connect with people. Like it's, it's, it's such a, I want new people to discover mm -hmm. how interesting the knife world is, you yeah. know, and, and to come and, and share collectively and all of this stuff mm -hmm. like that's as a knife person, you know, there's no better feeling than seeing the moment when it clicks with somebody yeah. and you're like, Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Come share, you know, Dude, come sharing this with me. I haven't seen it yet in person. Like I bring knives to work every day. Um, when I was in an office, when I work at A-List CBD and people are just like, Oh, Hey Ray, we need to cut some shit right now. That's usually when they call me, but yeah. no one has been like, wow, this is like an amazing piece of gear or something like that. Um, which is funny because People in New York City, they're, I want to say everyone is into tech. Everyone's got the yeah. latest smartphone. Everyone's got a late, you know, Apple Watch, Samsung Gear, whatever, which is so funny. I, I got my stimulus check and I was like 
saving it, right? I was yeah. saving, I didn't buy any knives at all. Wow, hey, good for you, man. Good for you. I, 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 but I put seven hundo down on a new smartphone, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I, there's, there's a good argument there, though. I mean, because I like, edit everything on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So this thing has, it's a Note 10 Plus, has a pen. I'm editing like so fast. That's why I've been putting up more videos. The video quality is better. The front facing camera is better. Yeah. So I kind of just put in, that's kind of like what I do for the channel is yeah. I improve it. Like all the money that I get, I haven't been buying knives. The Apex yeah. Fast Round Group has helped me stay afloat. I, I'm still really into gear. My entire Instagram is filled with, this is how you know you're a knife guy. You look at your Instagram, your entire Instagram feed is gear, knives, watches, flashlights. It's not chicks. That's how you know you're a knife guy. Oh, okay? man. Right? That's how you know. I could, <laughs> I, I, I could not possibly care less about any, like, yeah. like the, the, the electricity between, you know, my brain and the, the, mm -hmm. an image of a, of a beautiful piece of, yeah. of gear, you know, whether yeah. it's a knife or, you know, often, I don't know as nearly as much about watches, you know, yeah. and if I see, it's like this primal just buildup of it and you, you, yeah, it's, it's such a connection there and it's so funny. Um, we're for anybody taking that out of context, they're like, are they trying to justify, you know, some type of physical, <laughs> emotional and mental attraction <laughs> to, to an object over a female, you know, as male? <laughs> I mean, look, man, there is room for that. You know, I don't yeah. follow a lot of uh, like these, you know, Instagram fit models. It's funny because Kelly is my, my uh, fiance proposed to me, by the way, you know, boss, man, I'm just fine. But hey, um, she's, a, she's a personal trainer at Equinox. Okay. And, okay. Um, you know, I look at her feet and it's just like butts, <laughs> like really fit girls. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, this is what my feed should look like. And then I'm looking at this like CRK. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. It's, I mean, maybe, you know, it, it, I think a lot of it has to do with is uh, everybody, you know, wants what they feel like they can't have right mm -hmm. then and there in the moment. So mm -hmm. if they feel secure in one area or they feel like that they have acquired, you know, what they, what they wanted in that particular area, then they no, no, no longer lust as much, you know. Yeah. So, but there's infinite amounts of gear that I want and cannot Dude. have. So yep. it's, it's, yeah, it's a vicious, vicious, vicious uh, cycle. For sure. Yeah, with me, right? When I see stuff that I don't even want per se, like I follow this guy, uh, I think his name is Metal Warren. And he makes like high-end, like small little, like mythical like Thor's hammer or like spinners oh, that cost cool. like yeah. spinners that cost like 800 bucks like crazy like so much work has gone into this and that is what attracts me to gear is knowing that a guy tinkered with this thing in years yep. and years of working and learning how to do what his dad taught him and and what this person taught him and implementing it into his own craft is like what really excites me when i see like um uh, a leather goods shop, like Coyote Workshop or something. I'm like, man, that wallet is awesome. I, I can't buy it because it's like 300 bucks, but I like seeing right. it, you know? Yeah. Um, when did you oh, start man. getting into the hobby, by the way? Like when, it, when did you start collecting knives where you kind of knew what you were talking about already? Like you weren't doing the MTEX and the TAC Force anymore? Because that's what I started with for sure. You know, I was Everybody like, oh, snap. Did. Yeah. Everybody did. It's so funny how like the elitists of any community will, they, they <laughs> pretend that they just, they, ju they were just conjured into that universe with like <laughs> excellent taste and it came from that. No, 
But uh, so I, I have a video, uh, the the knife that broke me, and I, and mm -hmm. it was uh, actually Slicey Dicey tagged me in it way early, way before I had, you know, anybody had any idea who I was. Uh, and that sounds like people know who I am now. No, I, that's not how <laughs> I'm trying to say it. But like way back early on in the channel. And uh, so the first knife, I've talked about this so many times actually in different videos, the, uh, I stumbled into the Kershaw Blur because I was transitioning out of the hyper, the hyper tactical kind of mall ninja stuff. I was mm -hmm. still very much attracted to black coatings, black frames, mm -hmm. uh, serrations and tantos and all that stuff kind of goes together, especially with m mm -hmm. And I, I was at Walmart as a, I think I was probably 19. And I was like, man, some of these knives get up to like 50, 60, even $70, right? Yeah. And I had never heard it. And I see this one and it's, you know, it's, it's a Kershaw blur. And it was, I want to say it was like 55 or 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I asked to handle it and I was like, you know, and it, it insisted and it just felt more solid. The chalky uh, coating on there felt more durable, I yes. guess, than anything else I had experienced. And I was just instantly convinced with the aesthetics of this knife and the physical feel of everything mm -hmm. that this was clearly made for more serious work. And it was a complete accident that the Kershaw Blur is actually hailed as a, a great functional tool, right? Yep. So I, I buy this thing, and, and I love it. And it, of course, it does function well. I had no use for a Tanto in, my, in, in an EDC setting, and I didn't really need the serrations, but it looked cool, and I enjoyed it. And I, I really locked in on that thing and the features of it, you know, and, and uh, all of the little clicks and clacks. And essentially, everything that an enthusiast loves about a knife Mm -hmm. um, I was starting to, you know, subconsciously um, enjoy it for those reasons and not understand, you know, why. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it wasn't until, you know, a little bit later that I started to realize, um, wow, yeah, actually folding knives do have a lot of aspects that are, you know, intentionally designed for specific types of use. Mm -hmm. Steel, I remember discovering that steel, not all steel was created equal and that there were, you know, very um, varying processes and, and different types of heat treat to go into this stuff. And that once I realized like, oh man, like some of these things are so specific and get really expensive and there's, there's reasonings, you know, there's different reasonings, uh, reasonings that teeter totter behind this stuff. I, then I just like, it just was completely and utterly consumed by it and it became an obsession. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I guess, yeah, I was about 19 after, um, and then I started to collect and acquire different things. I, I wish I found it that young, man. Uh, for me, you know, I started with the MTEX and all that. I had, I, 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 I've only been in this game for, I want to say at least like a little bit before my channel started, which is maybe three years ago. Um, it's funny to say that, that I've been, I've been, I've had a channel for three years because I, I did take a long hiatus. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. Um, the ZT0456 Sinkovich design. Okay. I bought one from JD Cutlery with his anodization, the, the lanyard, custom lanyard on it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe that. I can tell this is way better than the other stuff that I have. And that's when I kind of understood that. Um, yep. Yep. I, I got to try, I got to try this next thing and see what that feels like. That oh, is yeah, really you what, immediately yep, hunger yep. for the next thing mm -hmm. is so true. I'm, yeah, every so new knife, whether it's budget or high end or or mid tier or whatever it is, you just want to see what it feels like every time. Yep. You know, yep. Uh, yep. I'm not too into 
I, I do know the difference in, in the steals and all that. You know, shout out to ATR13 MOV, which is like a character that flies through the screen in all my videos whenever I talk about the steal. <laughs> that's like the steal that everyone gets in the beginning, you know? That's, right. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't get to use my knives as often. Uh, I only use my knives indoors when I'm at work or I'm at a place that I trust. Like, um, you know, for example, I had to cut some presents open in a Christmas party with my family. It was like 30 people. They're like, Ray, get your knife out. You know what I mean? They like filmed me doing it. It was so weird. But um, oh, yeah. I don't get setting. to like have to cut rope for a long period right. of time. I cut boxes, basically. You know, that's like what I do. Um, so I don't get to use the steel as much. And a, a quick touch up on a strop. Or my KME, if I have to reprofile anything, which I, I never do anymore. I used to, I like, everything's got to be 16 or 17 degrees. Now I just, <laughs> maybe I'll fix the factory edge to 20 degrees, which is what it normally right. is, right? That's really yep. what, what I do mostly. Do you do a lot, a lot of maintenance on your knives? Do you reprofile things? Do you do anything like that? So, like, I'm learning that. So, uh, all of my experience with knives, you know, up to this point has been, you, you know, using them. I've never, like, intentionally tried to use a knife for something extreme just to see uh, what it would do. Um, everything that I use my knives for is, and for the most part, it's really simple stuff. You know, it's cutting open boxes and, and uh, yeah. stuff like that. But as, as I've said on a couple of other videos, we, are, we bought this house with the idea of adding on to it and finishing, obviously, the basement it's not a priority right now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I use, I, I do, um, you know, cut into wood and sheetrock and, uh, you know, the knives get dirty and stuff. And so, um, what do you use I, for that? Let's give some, the knife people a little bit of uh, what would you, your preferred thing for that would be for that task, you know, cutting some wood, some sheetrock. Let's see. Definitely here lately. Sorry. I'm, I'm leaning over cause it's like, no, it's, it's all good. Right. It's all good, man. The knives that I have been reaching for and actually and really beating on, um, where is that stupid thing? Here it is. So the rat, definitely the oh, uh, nice. rat one in D2. This yep. thing gets beat on all the time. And it's as you can see, it's not clean mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. because whatever. Um, yeah. the, uh, I have the, the two and mine is beat up. The tough light. Oh, I yeah. love the tough light. Yeah, this thing. Oh, my God. Gosh, this yeah. thing is such a workhorse. And it's Aussie, you know, but Aussie, as I found, is really easy to resharpen. I just, I got a KME about six to eight months ago. And so I have been, you know, learning a lot more about how steel, how easy it is to reprofile certain steels after you've used them in a normal set. Like, like I said, I won't go out and be like, let's see what happens if I hammer this into a yeah. concrete brick, right? Like it's on like, some advanced knife bro stuff. Yeah. I love him, by <laughs> the way. I love he him. Is, I he's love awesome. him. He's I'm glad that. <laughs> I'm glad he does that so I don't have to do yeah. it. But I still want to know, like, how, you know, like, this tough light, if I just use it, and, it, I mean, it gets thrown, it gets, you know, hucked into dirt and, and yeah. whatever. I want to know, you know, this is all, say, how long is it going to last, you know, the sharpened edge uh, or, or, like, a really sharp edge, and then, like, it gets down to, like, a, just a caveman edge, I think. Yeah, yeah. Would put it. And you just keep on using it until it's basically, you're just, like, pressing a wedge through something. So yeah. then it needs to be resharpened completely. And actually, I find that I really like Aussie's. Yeah. so easy, easy to reprofile yep. and, and uh, get all and knock all those things back out. And, and uh, then it's good for a really long time. Yeah. Um, yep. But I also really like this knife was given I, to me by uh, ah. Justin the Hunter on Instagram, the, uh, the, the super freak. Mm -hmm. And I found that I love M4 because and it's, it's for the it's for a different reason. Yeah. This can be beat on 
forever in a normal yeah. setting and it just doesn't go dull. You know, it takes wow. so long. Um, and, and resharpening, it takes more work, but it's not as scary as people think. So yeah, this one, and you don't have to do it as often, right? So no, yeah, you don't. And I, this one, we, we, because I can't go work out at the gym that I like mm -hmm. to work out at, um, we installed here recently, we, we installed a gym in our garage and uh, I use this thing a ton and it was <clears throat> getting smashed into concrete and used for wow. different things. It just doesn't that, you know, M4, if it's properly heat treated, yeah, it just doesn't really seem to care about what you're using it for. And it's, it, um, you know, uh, other seal, other steels in the same league, you know, that, that toughness, that edge stability, it's so nice when the, when the edge does roll and doesn't chip. It's so, yeah. so much better when that happens, you know? I, I'm kind of like still like a basic bitch when it comes to knife steels because like I've only used like ATR 13 MOV, S35VN, M390, D2, and, you know, a few other ones, but those are the main ones that I've used. So I haven't gotten to experience like using M4 or anything yet. I don't even know... Like what, would I need to cut like 200 boxes or something to like know what it feels <laughs> like? Is, you know, that's all I'm using it for is to recycle. Like, right, right. I, I flip, See, that's yeah, I flip my knives most of the time. That's what I enjoy the most. Uh, and Definitely. people on the channel um, know that that's my bread and butter is like ergos, aesthetics, and action is like what I am. Those are, I'm a yeah. snob of those things because right. that's what I'm limited to, you know? But so, but see that you're, 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 you're hitting something that is, it's definitely like repeatedly brought and yeah. I have to bring it up all the time. Okay. The truth is, is with all of these steels, even somebody who's you, like, I, I divide, you know, the, the knife community into like 80% of people are just using their knives for simple tasks. Um, and most of us will never be able to, you know, really pinpoint the exact difference in performance between this steel and mm -hmm. this steel. And that's true. And I put myself in that 80%. 20% uh, of us um, are really going out and using like your occupation requires that you use a knife in, you know, you know, uh, uh, in a, a number of different scenarios for a number yeah. of different reasons. And oftentimes even outside of what the knife was designed to do, mm -hmm. in which case you will, if you're using different steels that often in so many different settings and constantly having to resharpen it, you will actually get, you know, a, a specific definition Mm -hmm. um, of, of what something is meant to be used for and not meant to be used for. Um, and it's just, most of us, it's just not going to, we enjoy the idea, um, that our, our money went towards, um, the potential, right? Yeah. What yeah. Basically capable of doing like <laughs> if I, if I bought a Ferrari, that thing's getting parked in my garage and I'm going to yeah. sit there in a lawn chair and I'm going to drink beer and go, yeah. Man, I bet that thing could go 200 miles in an hour. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> where are you going to go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of it, you know, yeah, like I just enjoy the idea of being like, well, That's a I'm good comparison. That. That's a good comparison, yeah, sure. actually. The potential and, of definitely. being able to use the thing if you need it, right? Right. That's yeah. what I enjoy. You know, when you're sitting and like, we have all experienced this. We all love to Netflix and chill. Yeah. And flip and our knives until we... Yes. Yes. And you, yep. you sit there and you kind of, you know, as a, whatever, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just apple juice that you're, you know, I don't want to yeah. suggest that everybody, you know, drinks, but yeah. like, I like to just slowly let my mind, you know, wander over a design and really like get absorbed. You know, it's almost like a, another layer of euphoria that mm -hmm. is totally separate from whatever it is you're experiencing with your, your beverage and to really get absorbed by the design and uh, I really just kind of feel all of those little things that you may not have been paying attention to, you know, during other, other parts of your day. And um, that is a lot of times, you know, me as, 
I am more of an enthusiast than I am, you know, somebody who, you know, uses and resharpens it. You know, a lot of people get the, the, the majority of their enjoyment from using their knives. And I completely understand that. And that's why you get people who are like, you know, why would you buy that just to collect it? Why wouldn't you use it? It's a tool. Yeah, you, you yeah. Know, yeah, I get that. But if those people are, if, if the maximum amount of enjoyment they get out of, you know, any object is its utility, mm -hmm. then that's why they're so confused and frustrated with people who don't do that. But I get more enjoyment out of enjoying the knife for the object that it is. The, yeah, the admiration. Element. Yeah, the admiration. Mm -hmm. I get yep. more enjoyment out of that. And then the hypothetical uses, you know, that, it, that it's capable of. That's mm -hmm. interesting to me. You know, what's the maximum power output of this thing? What's the, you know, like what, what is it potentially, you know, capable of doing? Yeah. It's so interesting. It's, it's, it's infinitely interesting. Yeah. Sure. Uh, gun, gun to the head yet to pick a knife company. Uh, which one would it be? Uh, Rick Hinder. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew, I've never had a Hinder. I've never been able to check uh, one out. I'm kind of like waiting for Blade Banner to be like, hey, man, uh, Hinder, hit us up. We're going to get a passer on. I'm like, I'm in. You know what oh I mean? Oh, my Because gosh. I'm super interested in it. There's so many different models that I've seen. People talk about it all the time. Slicey is all about Hinders now, too. You know, I, I had him on. He's like, I didn't get it until I had some, a few in my hand. And I know that you're a, a big uh, fan of Hinderers as well. Like, what's your yes. favorite one right now that you have on you? My, uh, this is the one that I've been calling the dark horse. Did and, you, uh, did you just put the carbon fiber? Is that the one that you, yeah, I, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I really, so I have been following and obsessed with, uh, Hinder knives ever since the first time that I saw one, which actually was, it was his generation three. Um, and so I was there when generation four was announced and then, and then gen five and gen six. And, and, um, I've said this many times, way too many times than I care because at this point it sounds initially like I'm bragging, but I'm just reminding myself of how many of these I've owned. Um, I've owned now 27 <laughs> different hinder knives and, um, most of them, 18 of them have been either XM 18s or XM 24s. Do you um, switch them out and maybe trade them off or how does that work? Yes. Cause either I, you are doing that or you're Scrooge McDuck's nephew. So no, no, I do not have the money. I tell people because you know, like you're part you, of the wall works. That's why you have all the, <laughs> the burger yeah, franchise. No, okay. I'm definitely not. Yeah. Um, no, no, I could never afford, I've never, um, uh, kept at, at any one time, the maximum number of hinders that I've owned is three. The nice thing that I That's like a good about number. Hinder, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hinder knives do, you know, a good, like back in the day when you couldn't get them, a, uh, a hinder XM 18 uh, and generation three cost like 400 bucks and they, they would sell immediately on the secondary market for seven to $800. Wow. And yeah. They were crazy high. They demand. were rare, right? It was a uh, exactly. short batches and things like that. Exactly. Yep. And now they are, um, in there, there's enough of them out there, you know, that people can go, you can go get one if you want to. Um, the draw to them of course is, you know, a lot of the look and the potential for capability, but also the modular. I mean, like you, you can customize them and make mm -hmm. them however mm -hmm. you want. There's it's so amazing. many. Yeah. Right. But they also, they still manage to retain their value pretty well. If you buy a standard Hinder XM 18, three and a half inch, you're going to pay 425 for it. You can enjoy that thing. I mean, if you're an enthusiast, like if you're going to go out and beat the crap out of it, yeah, you're, I mean, it's going to depreciate. It's over. Yeah. You can enjoy that thing for a few months 
And then you can turn around and sell it on the secondary market for $375 and people will buy it. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll buy, you know, a lot of people will like, well, yeah, it's worth saving $50 um, to, to maybe, you know, try one of these out or, you know, for the first time, or maybe it's just somebody who's just, you know, wanting to get another hinderer and that they will mm-hmm. gladly buy one that's been taken care of yeah, um, and yeah. save 50 bucks. And that, that's what's allowed me, to me, it's worth that $50 to experience another uh, finish or another blade style or something because mm-hmm. I'm caught con- like everything that hinderer does is so aesthetically appealing to me. Yeah. Um, it's just, and, and to a lot of people, it's not, I mean, that, to a lot of people, this looks like a, a world war two tool, yeah. you know, and that's, that's what's so appealing to me, but his finishes and his, um, attention to, you know, I guess just like the rounding of certain surfaces. And yeah, like yeah, yeah. Tampering, things like that. You know, yeah. all these, all these uh, sort of higher end features that you get right. from the higher end makers. Yeah. It's so appealing. And on top of that, because he has so many different blade styles, so many different finishes and so many different potential combinations with certain things, there are actually certain parts and certain finishes that are very rare for certain models. So now I've gotten to the point where, for example, this XM24 and the black stonewash finish, there were not many of those made. Um, and I thought that they were long gone. And Scott Whittington posted this guy and was like, we have one more of these. And I, I knew that, that there's like maybe six or seven of yeah. these. Maybe, wow. I don't know. And, and so I was like, I have to have that because I have this vision. I'm con- I, I've constantly got different builds of hinder knives in my head. And I'm like, <laughs> That's, I want to do that one. And this, this vision I have for this one, you know, is the, the all blackout hardware and, the, and this or that. And the carbon fiber scale is truthfully a placeholder because I, I, I've, I know that XM24 tie scales are coming back uh, yeah. at some point and they have been basically non-existent. Getting a full titanium XM24 is a thing of the past. Like they, they're so rare. And so I have this idea that I want to turn this thing into this, <laughs> this full titanium monstrosity. You know? and <laughs> How it's much just did you like, pay for that, by the way? Ah, man, the, uh, the, the 24 by itself, uh, was $635. You pay an extra 35 bucks for the finish. So the XM 24 is $595. And then you, you pay an extra 40 bucks, I guess, for the, mm-hmm. for the finish. And then I bought the carbon fiber, fiber. scale, which was another, <laughs> that was another hundred, which oh, is a lot of money to pay for a carbon Whoa. fiber. Scale. Yeah. And then you buy how the much hardware. are you enjoying it now though? And Oh, you bought oh, hardware too. Oh, yeah. Shit. Even, yeah. I bought the hardware, which was another 40 bucks, you know? Oh, and man. so, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, I'm sitting here looking at it and a lot of people are like, how could he possibly still, still feel yeah. good about that? He doesn't yeah. even you cause truthfully, no, I don't use this one. I just mm-hmm. hold it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but how could, you know, people are probably asking, how could you possibly enjoy something that much? You know, just an object that you've got, $750 in and you don't use it. How could you, but I do, you know, it's like, I know what it cost me, but you know, it, it was funds. You know, I had to sell knives to, to get this one and mm-hmm. it has, you know, sparked this. And I, I'm, I'm enjoying it so much that I'm perfectly okay. Knowing that when, you know, if, and when I sell this, I yeah. won't get anywhere near that back out of yep. it. You, know, but you get something. Actually, yeah. But yeah. for, for what it is right now and, and what, I, what I wanted it to be and the, the parts of, you know, the fact that it is a, a weird version of it and I've got, I've completed the build, 
yeah, like the the buzz of this build is still like yeah. ever present, you know. I I was so. trying to understand that feeling. Uh, I had Alex's knife box on here. He does a lot more of the higher end stuff as well. He's got Shiro's to get all this stuff. Uh, and I was trying to understand that feeling and I didn't get it after that podcast. But like I said, I was saving my stimulus money. I haven't bought a knife since Dylan Mallory's small RKO, which is like okay. how many years ago. <laughs> then I just spent $756 on a smartphone, right? Yeah. And I yeah. was like, oh shit, maybe that's what people feel. You know, it's like when, <laughs> when you fully understand something, yeah. you know, and you know what's going on, you know, you're using it all the time, you're playing with it all the time. Um, I think I am going to get there in the knife, in my knife journey. Like I'm sort of at the, I want to say I'm at the noob intermediate level. I'm in between. I'm like right here, but I think yeah. I'm going to get there, man, because I'm starting to think that I should buy less of the budget stuff and only kind of like buy the ones that I'm super interested in and not just buy every 50 to a hundred dollar, $150 knife and kind of save more for like the two fifty. $400 range to enjoy the next level. You know what I mean? Cause I've done the other stuff already. That's yeah. so like, I did a video surprise. I did a video on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like that's so you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. And, and the, the, the funny thing is, is that it uh, people do, they transition to a certain tier. There's no, there's never a reason that anybody has to get to, you know, mm -hmm. I think new people come into the knife world and they're like, Oh, so in order to understand all of this and fully appreciate it, I have to spend X amount of, X amount of yeah. money on this thing that everybody's seeing. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is no. I thought that too when I first started. Yeah. And it's so confusing because you, you feel like that, you know, quality cannot be had for any less than, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And the truth is, is you can get an excellent knife for 50 bucks, but yeah. you start to realize that how much enjoyment you're getting out of it you know, is different for different reasons. So mm -hmm. um, for the, to, to relate this to what you were saying is that we all do this. We, we see something that we really, really want and we realize it's too expensive. We don't have that value system in our head yet where we understand exactly what we're getting for the money and we find different things that, um, you know, make more sense either financially or, you know, you know a, lot of, a lot of times people say, there's no way that that can be worth that much money and I won't admit this out loud, but it's because I don't understand it and because I can't afford it or, or whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's totally fair, but that's not, you know, so what they do is they find a placeholder um, for, for less money. And that, that actually yeah. is the better, for example, the ZTO 562 versus the Hinder XM18 mm -hmm. Oh, those are the two that look similar, right? Yeah. It's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, you know, and it is a ZT, I mean, Hinder designed it and ZT produced mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So people could get their hands on an XM18. Yes. Or, you know, half the price or, or almost half the price. And what happens though, is if you're, and I, I've talked about this in the video, if you're already lusting after the real thing, the more expensive one, if mm -hmm. that, if, if you're looking for a placeholder, it will forever be a placeholder. And that, that the first object, the one that initially sparked the interest, mm -hmm. that's the one that will ev eventually overcome you. So yeah. in, you know, initially you're saving in your mind, you're thinking, well, I'm saving $200 by not buying the real XM18. Mm -hmm. But what you're actually, what you actually end up doing and what I ended up doing was spending the money on the 0562, then selling it for a loss and then buying the real XM18s. Mm -hmm. so you actually mm -hmm. end up spending more money. And in, in my case, I bought 28 of them. So, <laughs> so then it really overtook. But a lot of times that's what happens, you know, and, and I think a lot of people can totally control that. And they're like, no, 
that's not worth it to me. I'm going to take this. I'm going to save the money and then I'm never going to buy, you know. Yeah. The, the yeah. Thing, Some people know, but, are like that. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, however you approach it, you know, but if, if you, you know, you in your case, you're like, should I save and buy something? Yes. Because yeah. when you do yep. it, you know, you, I feel, you I feel exactly the way you're speaking about right now is I kind of would just want to say, let me ask you this, right. In, in, in the uh, topic of hinderers, right. Does okay. Hinderer make any knives that are like towards my blade length uh, needs, I guess, which I like 3.25 or under is what I like okay. to carry. Because if a cop stops me, you know, like, especially now, like I'm not white, I have a green card. They're going to be like, what the fuck is that? You're a triad <laughs> member. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like if it, if it, what they do is they, they put it on the hand. If it fits in the palm, right? You're, you're all good. You know, you're not going to get locked up or whatever, or they're not going to think right. you're a terrorist or something, you know? So yep. did they, does he make anything within that range uh -huh. that I Dude, should strive yeah. to save for like a three inch hinderer? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You dude. So, okay. So uh, um, uh, there's the XM 18. The standard is a three inch. There's the oh, XM 18 three okay. inch. Yeah. And then there's an XM 18, three and a half inch, which is, mm -hmm. that's the, the size that fits my hand really well. And then the mm -hmm. big boys, the 24, which okay. nobody needs, you know, but it's there. It's just cool. <laughs> yeah. It's just a big, you know, rocket launcher of a folding knife. So, um, the three inch is, um, both thinner in blade stock and it's shorter in blade. And that's, uh, you know, that, yeah. that's the XM 18. That's what I need for it. here. Yep. But there's also the eclipse three inch, which is actually my favorite small hinderer because it, ha it, it has a lot more of the robustness of what you expect from a hinderer, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. much shorter. Yeah. And, um, uh, they, uh, you know, the problem with the XM 18 three inch is that it has a flipper tab and it has a forward twill. So it, you, you, you know, expect to gain that, that ergonomic uh, advantage by putting the mm -hmm. your finger up there. Yeah. 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 But it doesn't leave enough room. Um, you know, a lot of people edge? talk about this. Yeah. They, I mean like, well, it's got, it's got a decent cutting edge, but it feels awkward because the flipper tabs in the way. So a lot of people say, okay. well, the ultimate three inch would not have a flipper tab. They, they need to do a non flipper version of that in the three inch eclipse. Um, they solved the problem by just not putting a choil up there. So you gain the full advantage of the extended cutting edge. And then you have, you know, the same, essentially the same handle room, but, yeah. but it looks like a small eclipse, which is a different style of hinderer. Mm -hmm. Um, and you still get that robust feeling, but it's a newer model that has a lot of the elements that people expect from the modern knife. I mean, it's still yeah. got the triway, so it's on bearings, but it's, it's, it's more evolved hinderer. That yeah. one, the half track, which is even shorter, mm -hmm. little I've heard of that. tank of a knife. Yeah. Those are excellent. What do those run though? A lot. 425 you know okay you that's, that's what i expect for sort of my next level of purchasing yeah. is around like the four to five hundred dollar mark yep. you know is what i'm thinking um the three inch eclipse i think is the one that i you know would for somebody looking for a smaller hinderer but still wanting to get that that hinderer essence mm -hmm. man the three inch and here's the other thing it's not a frame lock. It's a, well, it, it is, but it's got overlays. So it's okay. not an exposed okay. frame lock. It has that sort of sub frame yeah, lock yeah, yeah, feel. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's nice. They just really nailed that three inch eclipse. It's really, really good. I got to look into that, man. You know what? Let's get into some questions, dude. We got questions okay. from some fans here. Um, I wrote them down. Let's get here. Okay. So this one. Hold on, I'm loading up right now. No problem. 
my technology is failing me while I'm live on cam. It's called story of my life. The beauty of editing. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this one is from Instagram. Actually, it's from a guy called Plains Crafter. And he just asked, how do you stay so enthusiastic every day? You make multiple videos a day. I'm going to add on to his question. That's what his initial question was. And he added like, there's not enough caffeine in the world to make me as enthusiastic as Metal Complex. And I share that sentiment, dude. Even just talking to you right now, you have a very vibrant energy about you that shows in your videos all the time. How do you stay focused, uh, stay disciplined? I mean, you make multiple videos a day you're pumping out videos. Like, how do you stay motivated like that? Um, well, you know, the, the, the truth of it is, is that like, I, uh, you know, the, the weirdness of this hobby, you know, for a lot of people is something that, um, you know, you, you kind of have to hide in a social setting mm-hmm. um, yes. because it's, yeah, like we're a huge, like knife people versus regular people. We're a huge minority. Like it's, we are it's, niche of the niche. That's what yeah, we it's so specific. And like knowing that there are people out there who are interested in this and who accept the, the, the weirdness of it, right. Has, has allowed me to, you know, feel super comfortable in my videos. And, and uh, I, I suppose it's that, you know, the, the growth of the channel really helps knowing that there's other people out there, you know, the affirmation that there are other people who think the same way, you know, really being able to let my natural personality and my love for these things flow without having to constantly worry about, you know, how, how do I sound? Does this sound weird or crazy? How are people going? At some point, I let go of worrying about a lot of that stuff. And it made the reviews so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Everything is so organic. So, so I, you know, I, I'm not editing myself, my, or any, not to say that anybody else is, but it's truly like this mental, um, this thing where I'm just, I'm like, just let yourself go and and be excited about it. And I do. And then I, you know, because that's happening, you can actually hear it sometimes. And I'll go back and and watch the video and I'll be like, Holy cow, that one really got away from me. (laughs) And, uh, and you can see like, I'm actually building myself up. Um, and actually making myself more excited about it. And people have told me this, like my friends and my, um, social circle, they're like, you just really get excited about certain things. And, yeah. and uh, if you, it's, I think anybody that's really, really passionate about something and they're truly passionate about it, um, and they're not afraid to, to show that, um, then it just, it's just there forever, you know? And, and I just really, I can't wait to come down here and get a knife out that I really, really love. And I try to control what comes into my table. I won't look at something unless I think, that looks like it's interesting. That looks like it, it would be fun to talk about, you know? And then if I get it in hand and it really is, then it's just like, I, I, I can't help but turn the camera on and start talking. Yeah. You know? Dude, unboxings um, are the best, huh? When you know something's yeah. coming in, you have all these packages like, oh my God, I've yeah. opened all this stuff. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. Absolutely. Um, uh, let's see. Let's go to a different question here. Um, this one is from Daily Carry Solutions. That's Carlos from okay. DCS. Yeah. yeah. What's the most random piece of gear someone has asked you to review? Oh, the most random piece of gear. Yeah. Somebody's oh, asked have sponsors been like hitting you up? Like, hey, do you want to review this? I talked to Nick Shabazz about this and he said like some male like uh, uh, sex toy company like hit him up. <laughs> and he was like, I can't. He's, he said, if I can make jokes about it, it's fine. But then they were like, they, they stopped responding to him. So, right. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I, I've never had anything weird like that. And, and every now and then um, it'll be a really, really odd knife company that, you know what? 
a lot of times you can tell, you know, you, you check into their stuff and it's just, there, there's no, it's just another M tech company, you yeah. know? And it's like, I'm not interested in that. I've had a couple of offers for some weird, like, um, uh, wallets. There was a wallet company that really like wanted me to check out their stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know who it was. And the truth yeah. is, is cause I Ridge like, is big dude. No, it wasn't. It wasn't okay. them. Yeah. Um, I would have done it. I mean, I will get in a bikini <laughs> for Ridge wallet. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know? I will. I share a very similar stance to mm -hmm. uh, to what Nick Shabazz, you know, and and a lot of. I mean, I've said this many times. Nick Shabazz was a massive influence on me on too. My channel, me definitely. too. Um, what, what, when you when you first discovered him, like, what was his numbers like? Because I remember when I started watching him, he had like sixteen thousand subscribers. Yep, that's it. That's exactly. exactly mm -hmm. I was going to say it was like fifteen or sixteen thousand. Yeah. And I remember thinking. Who is this? Yeah, is, me too. Is this accent real? Is yes. This, is it real or is it a joke? Like, you know, I was like, maybe so he's a the voice actor. <laughs> yeah. And then the mystery, like, it was so mysterious because it's like, this guy seems really knowledgeable about knives, mm -hmm. but also, what's the deal with his voice? Yeah. What's the deal with the Batman mask? Yeah. And so then it just became interesting for that reason. Mm -hmm. But then I realized, no, like, he really is into the, yes. the accents, really. He's really into knives. The Batman thing's weird, but it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. But, yeah. <laughs> So, but I share a similar stance on, on this stuff. Um, I, I will not take a, uh, a payment to do a review because mm -hmm. then it's like I'm being paid to say positive things about something. Yes. So if, a, if, if a knife company approaches me and they say, you know, we want you to take a look at this, we'll mm -hmm. send a sample along. And, you know, and, you know, generally there's an understanding there that I tell them, I'm like, listen, I'll look at it and I'll give my honest thoughts. If I, if I get it out of the packaging and it's, I just absolutely hate it, mm -hmm. I, it's just the worst thing in the world, I'll probably send it back to you because I yeah. don't like being negative. It's like, I'll yeah. tell you what I think and I'll say, here's why I don't like it, you know, and then it gives them an opportunity maybe to, if they want to change some things. But I also don't want to be like, thanks for the knife. I'm going to destroy it on camera, you know, like verbally. And then yeah. it's just like, that's not helpful. It's yeah. just you know so I, I try to and that's kind of part of the first question is is that I don't like to be unenthused by something or negative you know I just don't I put the things in front of people's faces in my own face that uh, I feel like there's enough good there that it's beneficial to some people watching and I can be myself about it I can let myself get excited <laughs> about it so I won't um, take a paid uh, you know thing if, if somebody that's only happened once yeah. Um, but if, if it continues to happen in the future, no, I would to, rather not feel controlled by the To situation. dive deeper into that, right? You know, you do, you do know about the other like giants in YouTube, right? Um, they like these tech guys, for example, they get phones sent to them. They get paid to make a video, but they get to be honest about how they feel about it. Would you ever That's be cool. open to that? If a knife company, if, if like, I don't know, Benchmade was like, Hey, here's the new, um, you know, 940 X, whatever edition, right. You know, with fucking S 2000 B, right. Yeah. Like some crazy thing. You're the first <laughs> one, to, you're the first one to check it out. Right. And yeah, then uh, yeah. but we want you to be honest about it. Just do your thing. Like you do with your reviews. Here's X amount of cash to do the video because I feel like with a knife industry growing, I don't know if it will happen in our lifetime, if I'm being honest, but maybe Metal Complex Ancestor will have that option, right? Because, I mean, because yeah. it's, it's going to grow, right? Social right. media is never going to stop. The knife community is going to keep growing. It's going to become 
as big right. as tech is now, tech will be even yeah. more massive at that time. We'll be doing reviews in VR, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, like, w- would you be open to that sort of thing though? Like if, if a company was like, here's X amount, here's the product, you can be completely honest with it. If you like it, we would rather have press out there about it, which is what these phone companies do now. So yeah. would you be open to that thing? So the, this is the best way I can put it. Um, yeah. the, the best thing about, um, you know, doing YouTube is that, you know, I mean, obviously like there are certain rules with YouTube, you know, there's certain guidelines that you have to adhere to, but the, the thing that makes me love doing this is that I don't feel like I'm controlled by anybody. Yes. Um, I get to be organic and I get to be honest and I get to mm-hmm. share this information that is, you know, hopefully beneficial to somebody. So it depends on the situation. If somebody presented it to me just like that and they said, you know, let's use, here's a very specific example. Uh, knife company X comes at me and says, we're going to send you this knife. You can say whatever you want about it. Even if you don't like it, that's fine. We want to pay you just to talk about it on camera. We'll pay you $500 to talk about it on camera. Um, you can, and if you don't like it, you know, whatever, we just want you to talk about it. If it felt like it was that open and they were okay with me saying, I'm actually being paid to talk about this right now. Yeah, if, they, I, if they were okay with me always say that, yeah. that. You know, if, if they were okay with me disclosing that and then they were okay with me giving my honest organic thoughts and I did not feel controlled by the situation, then yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's great. And I can put the money back into the channel, you know, or, or, exactly. or purchase something and do a mm-hmm. giveaway and benefit my community, mm-hmm. you know, then great. But if they were like, we're going to pay you, we want you to be real soft on it. Just yeah, point out the things I, that you like, you know, and they were trying either. to control. I'd be like, no, man, keep your money because that goes against everything that I built my channel on. You know, mm-hmm. I would much rather feel free to do what I want. If I started, if it started to become this very controlled thing and it started to feel obligatory or like a chore, you know, then it, it, it sucks all the fun out of it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's toxic for anybody who's watching because they're not getting real information you know they're just yeah. getting they're getting paid a, a paid ad you know that, that's yeah. all it is so. what's funny is like uh to, to 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 talk about that i watch comedians podcasts most of the time um and dude these guys rip their sponsors to shreds <laughs> i'm talking about like tim Dillon. i always watch him he's one of my he's my favorite uh has my favorite podcast he was talking about manscaped and he was like yeah. hey shave your balls okay like <laughs> You know, this is not going to nick you and all this stuff. Like he just says all these funny things. He had better help, which is an app, uh, which is like a psychiatry. And he was just like, look, do you want to get help from someone who may or may not be licensed? Get better help. And they're getting paid thousands of dollars to do this. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to diss the guy trying to, you know what I mean? That to me. And the way they do these ads is like, it's kind of like what you do in the beginning of your video where you talk about your Amazon links. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the podcast, they will just rip these like sponsors to shreds and their, their uh, viewership like just gets interested in the product because they love them. Like uh, Bill yes. Burr, who's this funny comedian, had this um, probably a really famous ad in podcasting. He was talking about this company called Sherry's Berries. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might know exactly. What... <laughs> Dude, why can't we do that? You know what I mean? Oh, I know. It's going to get to that point, I think, though. It's going to get to a point where it's like they want your creative freedom and people in the knife community that have strong personalities like like, like Nick or like you who are so natural on camera, companies are just going to want you to do your thing and just do whatever you want and and all press is good press. I I feel like 
to happen. You're you're exactly right. And there there is, you know, like nothing is more annoying when you're watching because I've got a bunch of different like I, I'm into gaming and I'm into the yeah. automotive industry. Dude, and what and are you what are you into gaming wise? Uh, for gaming? Yeah. So oh man, um <laughs> I used to play World of Warcraft hard oh back God. in the day. Yes, I was Dude. a big wow fan, big time. Do you know um, what's crazy? Is my girl, right, has never really yeah. played video games um, her whole life. She's played like the old school stuff, like GoldenEye on and and on a you know N sixty four and things like that. Um, uh, before the game we're playing right now, which I'll reveal in a second, we were playing Borderlands okay. three, which is like an yes, RPG. Yes, I've been playing all the time, man. I we were playing that hardcore, and then she's like, "Oh man, we're kind of done with Borderlands now. I can see you don't want to play with me as much. Like, is there anything else we can play?" So I bought Diablo three for the PS four. I was just gonna and say, we have been, play we've been playing it every <laughs> single day. <laughs> Oh, it is the best game. Yeah, to, my yeah. wife, my wife, and I play that, and that is the yeah. only game that she likes. What do you play, to play. on? Um, uh, uh, we play it on PS4. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, dude, it's it's very nicely streamlined on the PS4. It is very yeah. streamlined, and she picked that up and was like, "I don't know how to play it," and I was like, <laughs> "Honestly, like, I mean, here's the idea: the yeah. story is whatever. Just click through the stuff. There's a bunch of things that are gonna mm -hmm. run at you." Just push these buttons and you'll throw yeah, you some magic and blow them apart. And yeah. it becomes so addicting to me. Yeah. And then she, they, yeah. slow, they do a good job of like making sure that everything's explained and you just yeah. mow stuff down and get stronger. And yeah, yeah, like that's, you're just building something. But I love games like that. I love Dude, I cannot Diablo. believe that that is your thing. Oh, like yeah, what, what else? Uh, so what are you playing right now? Like what's your preferred game right now? So um, I have just gotten back into Elder Scrolls Online because oh, I'm waiting for that? yeah it's it's really fun. So the the game started off and it had a lot of problems, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. they, so I you know people kind of came back, and so I've done that. I've kind of shifted in and out depending on mm -hmm. time, but you know I've got a little more time now, so sometimes yeah. I can play that. But I also still play Borderlands every now and then. I was three? big into yeah Borderlands Three. Yeah, have you done the cartel into, event? I have not done that yet. No, okay, so we just did yet. that. It's pretty cool. It's kind of like Scarface and like you go into cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. What what else? What else are you playing? Um I uh I was huge into Destiny 2 for a while. Like that Dude, was I've my... never played that and that was a hole I was afraid to walk into because I knew yeah. I was going to get hooked. I had people on my Twitter just like that's all they're talking about. I had couples fighting with each other like like damn, it's good, huh? You go into that now and you it will take you 30 minutes and you'll be like I need to explore this game to capacity. Yeah. Like you, and it's, no. it's so much. And it, yeah. in, in the beginning, it had problems, and there was a yeah. lot of controversy, and there's that. But they've they've got it so polished now that it's it's mm -hmm. a perfect time to walk into it. To and play. Dive in. But you need to be ready to dedicate because there's like daily and weekly stuff, and then like you feel obligated to do all the the events yeah. and all the. Mm -hmm. So they've got all that, you know. Um, I'm also like I love my RPGs and my you know stuff like that, but. Do you play my, like a, like a, like the actual the original Elder Scrolls? Have you played Skyrim? Oh yeah, played? for sure. Dude, I, I can't. I told Kelly, I was like, listen, I know that you're really into playing games with me, like together in either online or offline co-op on the same screen. But when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, you better make sure you have another TV and another PS Five or whatever it's on, because there's oh, no way that I'm not gonna play that. 
It's you know? going to be like every time a new Elder Scroll game, Elder Scroll games come out, it sets the bar for the whole I gaming know, industry. Dude. And I mean, do you remember experiencing Skyrim for the first time? And oh. we're not even talking about knives anymore. We're still yeah. far, no, far it's fine. It. You know, it's fine because my podcast, uh, it, 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 you know what? When I started this podcast, I was like, who is going to listen to me talk for an hour? Because I was doing it solo. I was like, no yeah. one's going to want to be on this. And then I was like, there's got to be another person in the world that's into knives, into comic books, into anime, into TV, movies, kind of nerdy, plays video games, that's also into knives, right? Yeah. So I started doing it and, and especially uh, like starting uh, like maybe the beginning of May when I started to get more guests on and, and more traction has been, you know, uh, happening with the podcast. Man, the, the, the fans are like way more dedicated. And they That's, feel like connected to me. It's, yeah. It's a hundred percent. Like there's so, I mean, like it's funny cause like, knife people assume that other knife people are just into knives. And yeah. the funny thing is, is a lot of us are actually all interested in, in a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I am a, I've said this many times on live streams after three or four beverages, but yeah. I love to this day as a 32 year old man, yeah. love Dragon Ball Z. I love oh, Dragon crazy. Ball Z. <laughs> I just think it's the best freaking thing. I just yeah. like it, you know, and, and I, it's okay. You know, like I grew up with Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, and you know, you, you like platforms like YouTube that, that allow this massive social connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, uh, it, it helps people understand that that stuff that you thought, you know, that, that you could not admit mm-hmm. to the other cool kids in middle school or high school. Yes. It turns out that freaking everybody loves that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or there's at mm-hmm. least enough of a community that like that stuff that it's, it's, it's perfectly okay to like say that's about. So, you know, yeah, when I find people that are interested in knives and a lot of this other, you know, the stuff that you and I were talking about, it's like, Dude. yeah, it makes us yeah. way more fun to connect all those things, you know? Yeah, man. So, I, yeah. I am. Oh man. I can't believe that you love the Elder Scrolls and you love yeah, Diablo. I'm a I, I would not nerd. have guessed that. I was going to say, he's going to say Call of Duty. <laughs> No, that's my brother. My bro- my little brother loves uh, like Call of Duty and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's um, I played them and I enjoy them, but I'm definitely more into like Diablo pl- multiplayer. You know, collect you want it to be your character. You want yeah, your yeah, character yeah. to be you. You want it to, yeah. and that's you know that a lot of the reasons that I love those those like World of Warcraft. Like yeah. you build your character up, and it, yep. and eventually they have the system where you could make you could customize the character to yep. look a certain way. Mm-hmm. that's a lot of that I find in hinder knives because when I yeah. buy an XM 18, you, you can change the aesthetics and things. And so, and Diablo is like that too. You can make the, you know, the, the character look how you want. Um, and it's this built up sort of representation mm-hmm. of, you know, what you, you wanted in the first place. So yeah, man, RPGs and games like that are super, super fun. Yeah. It's like, I, can I you imagine it. if the knife industry, if all knife companies made their knives uh, made on, like character customization and like every oh single God. thing is like scale swapped you know, oh you could change the bearings on this to this system and you could that's like why hinder <laughs> knives are so popular that's i've always said the it's more so the more awesome. options people have i mean it's hard to do it's yeah not like everybody can just come out of the gate like yeah that, you but, can't you can't you yeah. got to have a nice strong base and then when people trust you you can do that i think you know yep yep yep, yep. do you like uh i gotta ask have you ever played so like i, I play a lot of the online games that are based 
But yep. one game that's a little bit different that's still fun. I'm a bit. I love the medieval period. I, I mean, yeah. that's why yeah. the knight yeah. helmet is on the logo and the sword. Dude, but have you ever played Dark that. Souls? I have. I have. So, are you a Dark Souls three guy or? I love. I mean, so I've played one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and I hate and love all of them. <laughs> Yes. So here's the deal, right? My friends and I, oh, uh, just a shameless plug here of like a buddy of mine. My friend is a VP of marketing at a company called Skydance. Are are you there? I lost you for a sec. Oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. You're coming back right now. Hold on a sec. Dark Souls. Okay, you so Dark plugging, Souls. Plugging your, your, the shameless plug of your buddy. Okay, so my buddy is a VP of marketing at Skydance, which is a company that made movies like Gemini Man, the new Terminator, uh, oh, the, okay. new, the new VR game, uh, The Walking Dead Saints and Sinners, which is like getting a huge thing. He's also worked on The Witcher 3. He's Ooh. done, a, he used to work for League of Legends, Riot Games, a lot of big games, right? And, okay. um, uh, so he got into the game Monster Hunter, which is a game that I've been playing since Monster Hunter 1 on PS2, okay? Yes. So I've good. been playing that for a long time. He finally got into it. We started playing, and he was like, listen, you would really like Dark Souls. Yes. So yes. I played it, and, and I loved it, but you're right. I also hated it. Like, I was so angry most of the time. Oh, dude. It's such a game. Like, if you have a coffee table... You mm-hmm. will flip it playing yeah. that game. Oh, my you will. And, but see, the, the thing that keeps you going is when you finally are successful, mm-hmm. you feel so good about it. The yeah. reward of success in that game. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like, you're just like, I have to beat this to, to, you know, so that I can define myself as the gamer that I think I am. You know, like that was the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt about Dark Souls. And uh, yeah, it is it's very stressful. Like I start sweating before I even turn the console on when I'm playing dark souls for sure, man. Dude, that thing makes me like so angry. And and you know what? You could actually play it multiplayer dark souls three by like some, some like roundabout way of doing it. And it was so annoying to do the multiplayer because I'm very into games where I could play with my friends, you know, some of my best buddies are like not in New York anymore. They're in California. And we'll just right. meet up and play Monster Hunter. When a new event comes on, we'll do it. We'll play Borderlands, whatever. Um, and Dark Souls was the thing. He was like, hey, we could play multiplayer. I'm like, all right. right. And it's so annoying. You have to put the sigil on the ground and you have to tap the thing. And then if you've beaten this boss before, they can't help you. Right. I, dude, I got stuck at this one part. I, it's, it's in the very beginning. Um, I forgot his name. Is it is it Kane? He's like a dragon looking guy with a big okay. shield and a mace. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh so, yeah. That's yeah. Brutal. Okay. So here this is what happened, right? Like I passed the part that um that I was supposed to beat before I talked to him, right? And I thought he was a bad guy. <laughs> so I attacked him and he killed me. And from now on, I have yeah. the, the only way for me to progress is to kill him. Yeah, and then yeah, it's it's so here's it's such he, an unforgiving. <laughs> here's what's even more messed up. My buddy, who's much higher level than me, joins my game. He can't see him, <laughs> so I'm like, "What do you mean he's killing me right now?" And I'm like, <laughs> I, I I basically kind of like said, "All right, I'm gonna take a break for a while." And I like I I I got Borderlands three at that time, so I started playing Borderlands. 
my buddy bought that game for me. He sent me the the copy and he's like, yeah, we're all going to play it. But after that part, I was like, I'm going to, I need to break. <laughs> oh dude, it is so unforgiving. And it's like, yeah. they just throw you into the game and they're like, you'll figure it out. You know, like, and there's no, <laughs> like you, you, there's, you, you don't get, the game doesn't actually pause. Yeah. You lose experience of it. It, it is the most, uh, the, the least forgiving game of this time. I mean, you yeah. remember how like, I remember playing Ninja Gaiden on Ninja. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to compare it to. <laughs> Brutal. It's just like, yeah. oh, you died? Sorry. Yeah. That's you have how to the perfect the whole thing to get you to have the next. To, yeah. You, yeah, you do. You have to know exactly. I mean, it's, it's trial and error. It's not mm -hmm. like, you know, your, your skill, you know, like as a gamer before then is going to help you. It's like it's not the game is going to throw a uh, it's, it's going to throw a, a bomb at you from outer space and it's not going to tell you when it's coming you know and that's just that's how it is but that's that's so funny um uh but yeah i mean there's i i love games in uh the medieval style and i yeah. love rpgs and stuff do like that. do you watch uh, are you into any shows or anything like that like are you watching like the last kingdom or like did you watch got or like i'm watching last kingdom right now we just i just finished it four. today you did okay yeah. don't root it for me. i just started Yo. season four it's um, dope. My whole family watched it. We were like in a family chat. My mom is like, Who, why is all these people named Ethelwald and Ethelred <laughs> in a Filipino accent? She's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I actually had that question because like, we, you know, we, my, my wife picks up on things like yeah. much better than I do. And it was mm -hmm. like way into a, uh, one of the later seasons. And I was like, yeah, wait, who is Ethelwald? <laughs> and my wife is like oh my god you're an idiot like <laughs> how long have you had this question you know and, um, wait Ethelwald right. is the 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 sneaky guy right yeah. the sneaky guy right that yeah. was like yeah. the original king's son that's who it is right okay, okay. I, I i still remember you know what it's, i mean uh, it, it's it's uh but yeah like the, sh the, the show is is so good and and mm -hmm. um obviously game of thrones it actually took me yeah. a long time to watch game of thrones yeah. but that that um, was when when i met my girl uh, I said, listen, if you really want to get close with me and my family, you have to watch Game of Thrones. Because at every family gathering, we talk about Game of Thrones. My grandma was watching Game of Thrones. She was 81. You know <laughs> That's what I mean? awesome. This is before That's she passed awesome. away. Before she passed away, the year before she passed away, we watched, I think it was the season five finale as a family. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool, man. Bro, like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so, so my, cool. my girl had to watch it, man. She watched like all three seasons and I was cracking up when she watched The Red Wedding. She was like, she was messaging me. That's a like, hard part to watch. You're like, what? You feel personally betrayed, like yeah. as a viewer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so terrible. Um, that, yeah. uh, I love that. We, so one that came out of left field for me, and, and uh, so my wife and I make deals with each other before we start mm -hmm. to watch a show because okay. I tell her, I'm like, it ha if you want me to watch it, it mm -hmm. has to be at least 95% action and story. I do not yeah. care about the, the love part of it, the relationship yeah. between characters. Yeah. I can't do a, a show based on that. So she was like, I want you to watch Outlander. Because I oh, think my, like Outlander. My mom watches the shit out of that show, man. Well, the thing is, is that a lot, the funny thing is, is like, it, it does have a lot of elements at first glance. Like if somebody yeah. had told me, I'd be like, no way. I'm not yeah, watching yeah, yeah. that. I'm not watching that, that, that pillowy stuff, you know? And, yeah. But it, it was, it, it is, it's really, really good. It's a good. huge show, dude. Outlander oh, dude. is a big show. It's, so, it's so good. What's that? 
You watch Vikings? I have not watched that yet, but I, I mean, I, if you yeah, like, I, if you like the last kingdom, you will probably like Vikings because okay. it talks more about Ragnar and his sons. Because if oh, you okay. think about who Uhtred is, he's like this kind of made up guy, right? Like he's not in the history books and all that stuff that they talked about, but this is about Ragnar, actual Ragnar and his sons. Okay. Okay, so it's cool. it's it's pretty good, and it has King Alfred in it. Has you know a lot of the story people that you want, dude. That's this awesome. has been a fucking pleasure, man. This has <laughs> this been a. I I I did. You know, let's go before we uh, finish off here. Let's do the uh, last couple of questions here. Okay. Seems logical. He is probably the best commenter on YouTube. Yeah, the best. I love him so much. Posts essays on my walls all the time um (laughs) and i love it i always tell them i'm like dude i'm sorry i don't respond to all of them but i read them all if i've liked it and favorited it i've read the whole thing and i've enjoyed it absolutely Um, he says how much can you lift bench press someone (laughs) to ask this that's what he asked (laughs) okay so i'm i'm gonna have to do what 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 i consider is a a code of honor thing amongst Mm -hmm. anybody who you know has spent a long time working out um, you have to be honest about if you're going to say your max ever, mm-hmm. you have to say, you know, max ever and what it is currently. Okay. So, so the, the most that I have ever, <laughs> it sounds like, of course it's like, well, okay. yeah, I want to talk about it, but it's so cringy. Um, the most I've ever, uh, bench press was actually a rep max. So the best okay. rep max on bench press was 375 pounds, which was 275 for 11. Somebody can yeah. check yeah. on that. And then the best single rep was like 355. But right now, after a month out of the gym, mm-hmm. cold, yeah, I'd be lucky to put up 315 to 325, yeah. probably. How um, often do then, you work out, man? Um, so like for for a really long time, it was at least five days a week. I mean, like for yeah. the last 12 years of my life, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's that's just like it becomes a thing where you like any if if you set out to do something and you find that you, you, you do, you, you throw enough volume at it that you mm-hmm. can start to replicate progress yes. and you become super obsessed with it. And so the same strategy is applied on my YouTube channel is once you find, you just try a billion different avenues. And once you find yep. one that starts to work, you're just like, I'm just going to do that yep. all the time. And, yep. uh, for whatever reason, like, um, in, in high school and when I was younger, like I, I started to work out and it just, it started to make sense to me. And I'm definitely not the strongest guy yeah. in my area or anything like that. In fact, I've got many, many close friends who are mm-hmm. just put me to shame in the yeah. gym. But it, it was fun to um, figure out how to manipulate body mass, like not just get yep. stronger. but Dude, I've been following I, you. You said oh. eat a lot of carbs. Yeah, yeah and I, to get stronger I, I, for sure. I fucking stopped the treadmill because like my metabolism is too fucking crazy, first of all. Because I was like... I was getting really pissed because I'm like, okay, so I don't have weights at home, right? I can't go to a gym. Even before this quarantine, I can't go to a gym because of my case with Uber, right? So I could only do bodyweight workouts, push-ups, things like that. So the only thing I could do was do like more reps, right? And I was right. like, I'm doing so many push-ups. I'm doing like 300 plus push-ups a day. And I'm not, I, I look good. I feel good. I'm shredded. Like when people see me, he's Bruce Lee Brawlick yeah. guy. I, I was never able to tell but I'm not growing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I was never big into eating a lot of carbs because I was keto at one point. I had a lot of stomach issues. I had to try an elimination diet to see what was messing me up. Basically, it was, I was just eating a lot of junk. And even though my metabolism could keep up with it, I would never get fat. It was messing me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So once that I did that, awesome. I did keto for two years, like strict, bro. Like my girl would have to like beg me to eat ice cream. So I was ketogenic for like two years. The first year of us being together, I was like steak and avocado every meal. Like strict, dude. Black coffee, water, no, nothing else. No Boy, candy. Yeah, that'll do it. I was wow. like, and then my, I started, cause I started feeling really good after that. But once I, you know, got too slim, I wanted to bulk up and, and your advice to me on Instagram was like, eat more carbs. I've been eating a lot more and it's been like working. You know what I mean? Oh, so, that's great. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's working. Cause my brother is on American Ninja Warrior, man. This guy is like so jacked. That's awesome. He's 46. That's really cool. He's 46 years old. He, like people in their thirties would love to look like him. He's 46, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I'm not a pro, I'm not a professional at this, but I did, you know, a, a lot of what I originally went to school for was um, health and human performance. And I mean, like everybody has a different genetic makeup. So you're yep. definitely your genetic for sure. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and so some, like the people with like mega high, and I'm going to speak on this like I'm a professional, mm -hmm. but for anybody watching, this is just me doing what I normally do and speaking on another thing that I really, really enjoy. Um, so I'm going to sound really passionate, but I'm not a professional on it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, your genetic makeup plays a huge role in that. And, mm -hmm. uh, while an ectomorph, um, somebody mm -hmm. who's, um, you know, perhaps, you know, generally a smaller bone structure, but has an excellent metabolism. Um, they, uh, they, they are generally, you know, you know, really, really good at endurance stuff or high volume yes. stuff, high intensity yes. stuff, things yes. like that. And you can, you get to, you know, eat a, a, a lot yeah. in your, your system, but they have a harder time, not necessarily building strength, but building mass. Yeah. You, yeah. if you wanted to, you probably have noticed, you know, you can get stronger, you know, yeah. but strength and well, mass. I, I have because I could only do three pushups before, you know, and <laughs> then you can do over a year of doing it six days a week, I'm doing like 40 a set and I do, I do, um, I do basically 120, then I take a big rest, and I do another 120. I do another 120. That's my cycle right now. That's every morning. You know what wow. I mean? Which to some That's people might awesome. be crazy, but I only weigh like 145. So, you know, I, it, it, that's, what, that's all I do every day. Very simple workout. But I had sure. to build to that. I was doing like three. I'm like, oh my God, this is so hard. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I keep telling um, people that are, uh, I have some friends in the knife community that like, you know, you get into some some stuff in life you get kind of like down and stuff i'm like dude just like work out a little bit oh, it's such it'll a good, make you I mean, feel it, so good you know physical pain like trading mm -hmm. out physical pain to lower emotional and psychological pain the the because people are so afraid of physical exercise because you know they don't they fear being physically uncomfortable out yeah. of breath yeah sore but the trade-off, like the the level of happiness that that is to be gained from a small amount of physical pain it is the best. It, I mean, not, not to say that I completely understand, you know, everything that anybody could be going through, you know, psychologically, mentally, yeah, yeah. Like that, but, but I mean, as far as me, if I don't do, if I'm not physically active, I am definitely far, I would much rather be yeah. physically in pain than yeah. be mentally in pain, you know? Yes. Um, yes. I think like so, something that, that, you know, it's funny a lot, like not, not everybody is out to gain. I'm, I'm kind of like going back and forth with this, but not everybody is out there to, to like get as big as possible. Right. Right. Like right. Certain, right. Like everybody, like, like people usually want like 
to be more toned or to have like a lot of people are like, I just want my arms to get a little bigger. You know, yeah, like how that's me right it? now. It's working so the, with the brown rice and the carbs. That's it's working. <laughs> so this is the most the most interesting thing because forever when I was in when I was a senior in high school, I weighed 190 pounds, and I just how really wanted to get 5'11", just okay. just under six feet. Yeah, <laughs> not quite six feet. Man, um, almost in the club. Almost, almost. What? <laughs> <laughs> So forever, I would, I would work out and I'd try to get bigger and I could just not gain uh, mass. I just could not put it on. And I, I was constantly doing curls and constantly yeah. doing presses. And uh, the funny thing is, is that I always tell people, if, you're, if you really want to put mass on your arms or your back or your chest and, you know, in these areas that you seem to be overworking and not seeing anything, the craziest thing, not only eat carbs – the mm -hmm. biggest muscles on your body are your quads, your legs. Yeah, yeah. And because of how the human body, unless you're, you know, unless you're abusing um, steroids or something, yeah. your system will cap out on, on muscle mass growth if you are ignoring other muscle groups. So mm -hmm. if you start pounding legs and, you know, like deadlift, like your upper back yeah, and yep. your legs, if you start hammering that and you're eating, because you're going to have to eat a lot of carbohydrates yes. to do those big, heavy, explosive you start hammering that and your legs grow. It's weird. Everything else starts to get thicker because wow. it has to. Your body will naturally respond to that because it's, it's just, you know, physically reacting. It's thinking, okay, the, the payload is now suddenly more. So yeah. we're going to have to grow as one, one, one you know, fully mm -hmm. working system to be able to adapt to this. And so the other muscles in your body start to get bigger and thicker. And it wasn't until I finally like gave in to doing leg day, which is the joke. You yeah. Know, yep, don't yep. skip leg day. Yeah. Man, once I gave into that, it was like, it was like, oh, this is what I wanted to happen. With all the <laughs> curls and shit, you know, but yeah, like, like, I mean, if you just want to put, and it's, it's funny, you can, you get to a point where you can manipulate, you can get to a point where you're like, this is as big as I want to be. And then stop, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, blasting legs and deadlift. Yeah, that works really, wow. really well, man, for sure. Yeah, I'm like waiting for this. I mean, I, I, I basically started eating cleaner and like uh, working out uh, at least six days a week, just like the simple stuff that I talked about since like last year, maybe March, right? Um, I'm just waiting for this case to be over, man. So I get like, my girl is working at Equinox, one oh, of the boy. biggest gyms ever, man. And, and, and you know, <laughs> she works at the Fifth Avenue Rockefeller facility, which is like amazing. That's so cool. you know, I can't even go in there because they might be oh. like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's fucking working out, you know? <laughs> um, let's get to some other questions. Okay, uh, JKLM.Ohio, yes, what is the budget price range where you see the least amount of issue and most value? He said that you mentioned the differences between a good and a bad knife in that video. So just what do you think is that sweet spot of budget price that gives you the most value? The bit, I mean, I'm going like to name bucks, the price range. 40, yeah, yeah yep. I'll name the price range and exactly the manufacturers that are associated with it. It, it starts at about $35 with CJRB. And oh, then, yes. Um, Good choice. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it caps out like where there's – and we're talking about specifically those, those uh, Chinese manufacturers who have figured out like the, the detents and the tolerances mm -hmm. and the materials and what people expect, you know, quality – and then it starts to kind of taper off after about 65 bucks with, with, um, uh, Civivi's, yeah. you know, upper tier. Yeah. So 35 to $65 in your, your company's CJRB, Bestec and Civivi yes. are 
man, they are just yeah. crispy good with that yes, stuff. Yes, yes, man, I agree with you. I had the Gobi on me. You know what's funny? I have knives from you on, on me oh, right really? now. Oh, yeah. you do? Nice. You just <laughs> sent me the kite fin from Wee Night. Yeah, it's from yeah. Apex Fast Round Group. And yep, yep. Uh, the, uh, the Rampart. I never know what these knives are when I unbox them, but I think that's what some of the people like. It's like I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I just like they're like, oh, he's using three cameras though. It's different. You know what I mean, <laughs> like you know, he oh, just made himself. Um, we have, let's see, if okay, so let's we have a couple of more questions. This is another one from Daily Carry Solutions. If you wanted to get your significant other their first knife, which one would it be? So the the knife that I got from my significant other was uh, was the um, uh, the Kershaw Blur in S thirty V. Uh -huh. And it was because it was, um, you know, I liked that it was assisted for her because, you know, I thought, well, she won't have to mess with the, you know, figuring out the D10 strength and where yeah. to put her in. It'll just be instantly. Um, but, I, you know, it, it, obviously it's different for every single person. You know, you mm -hmm. kind of have to see what, you know, what, what people like. And I think automatically, like, if you're a guy and you're thinking, what should I get my girlfriend? People immediately go, well, she probably would like something small. Yeah. And the truth is, is that my wife actually really likes knives that are more like what I would consider to be a full size knife yeah. because she doesn't like manipulating smaller knives. There's not enough space for her to figure out where to put her hands and stuff like that. And so she actually enjoys some of the larger ones. And I think um, the best thing to do if you're, you know, whether you're a, a, a female looking for your, you know, your significant others, um, you know, whether they be male or female, whatever, is don't think you know, certain sizes are associated with, you know, certain people mm -hmm. or genders. Yeah. It's hand them a bunch of stuff that in varying mechanisms and varying sizes and watch them manipulate them and watch their natural reaction to things. Right. And if they react positively towards something and, and it, you know, creates a, cause a lot of times as aesthetics is just one element of it. Something might look appealing and then just function like a garbage rotating yeah. on garbage, yeah. you know? But yeah, like if they, if there's a draw to it, then that thing becomes, you know, substantially, uh, you know, a better potential tool for that person because it, it's easy to manipulate. Right. And then you can kind of expand on some other elements that might have to do, you know, with that person's interest in aesthetics. Right. Mm -hmm. um, find the one that's the easiest for them or closest to what, what you consider to be, uh, or what they might consider to be the easiest to manipulate. And then you can start finding other elements. But I, I find that, um, yeah, the Kershaw Blur, I think, is a fantastic nice. knife for a lot of people because, because it's assisted. And, and assisted knives do appeal to new people because mm -hmm. they spring out and it's kind of like a switchblade. They definitely you know, did to me. Cool. In the beginning, yeah. when you first felt the speed safe, you were like, oh, this is the oh, best thing. It's, you this think that it's best. like the best thing in the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, it's the best. And, yeah, and, and, and the Kershaw <laughs> Blur also has so many different colors, yeah. different blade styles, right? So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a good reason that that blade was popular and probably for a lot of people was their first good knife, you know? Yeah. Definitely was for me. So that, that's honestly probably what I would recommend. <laughs> Kershaw Blur. Um, if someone broke into your house and stole all your knives, which would be the first one you think of first? The, the Dark Horse, the XM24. <laughs> <laughs> I would oh, just die. I would lay on this concrete floor with the spiders that I told you about and just oh, cry. Man. Dude, I saw that spiders, those spiders. <laughs> Freak me out, man. I'm like, yeah, oh. wolf spiders here, man. They suck. Yeah. 
We have rats the size of cats here, though. Like, I threw out oh, my garbage dude. the other day. I, get this. This is like a scene from a horror movie. Just imagine me, like, going out into a building. There's, like, a middle section where the garbage is. So I'm bringing the garbage. And then I see one, like, big, like, dumpster just clunk, clunk, clunk. Like, something is trying to get out of it. Oh, my God. And I was, no, heading, I was heading to that one. And I like moved to the other side and put it in the other side. <laughs> oh, there no. was like a giant rat in there trying to get out, bro. That's what happened. That's what we have here, you know. Awful, like, no. We have yeah, that I in COVID. That. That's what we got here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Let's Absolutely. go for uh, the final question here. Um, this is another one from Seems Logical. Uh, who do you think is the most knowledgeable knife reviewer right now? Like in your opinion like who do you go for if you want spec heavy stats you know i mean i I, I nick shabazz for me probably is who i would go to if i'm going to make a decision on something big because he just he's just very thorough yeah so like definitely like i want to i mean like i think everybody's obvious choice is nick shabazz and it's not just because he is popular he's popular because he's good does those things really really well (laughs) right um, you definitely turn to him. Um, I also rely heavily on it's it's crazy. You know, I've, I've said this before, but I, I feel like there's, there's a, you know, I, I have to talk about different elements with this question, mm-hmm. but like I get a lot of information from super steel, Steve, a lot of the really mm-hmm. technical stuff. And he's, he's a character, man. Like yeah. he's his own person, <laughs> but he like, my goodness, does he know what he's talking about? Yeah. Um, 100%. I like when get, it comes um, to steel stuff, you mean, or like specifically yeah, about those kind of steel performance and like potential ranges depending on heat treat and the little things that you don't think to consider yeah. as an enthusiast. Mm-hmm. You know, like he is an absolutely necessary force. You know, yeah, um, we need need people like him. And then um, a lot of times, like uh, the other end of it, um, when I'm looking for um, you know the the details that an enthusiast would consider, like background information on a particular maker and um, the, the process uh, of an embellishment on a really exotic knife um, and, and what's all involved with that. Dr. Frunky, man, like oh, that Dr. guy Frunky. does a yeah, yeah, yeah. great job with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've really been enjoying getting to know him on yeah. Instagram. Um, yep. But yeah, there's so many different uh, interesting YouTubers that have like mm-hmm. taken a, ch- like the chunk of the community that they really like and expanded on that. Yeah. And um you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun to like lean on different reviewers for different types of information. Yeah. You know? Dr. Frankie, he is Scrooge McDuck. I mean, he's got, <laughs> he's an actual, yeah. you know, I, I, I think my favorites probably, uh, Cedric and Ada and advanced knife. Bro, I lean more towards, um, th- that kind of knife content. I don't watch a lot of knife stuff all the time, but if I'm going to go watch like something, I want it to be cinematic. And yeah. have like either a comedy in it. Uh, another guy that I discovered who could today Benchmade, Spiderco, Hinderer today would be lucky to have this guy doing their um, like marketing videos for them. I had him on my podcast. His name is Backpack B. And uh, okay. dude, if you watch any, pick any video, any of his videos, and the amount of editing. And he, he's a gra- he's not a graphics designer. What is that called? Uh, he's a motion graphics guy. Okay. So, for example, like he, let's say he's reviewing a hinderer, right? You'll see the hinderer, then all of a sudden, like specs will shoot out of it, like in a professional way, like Hollywood, like oh, John man. Wick movie production level. Dude, bro. 
That's not, awesome. not, a, not a big channel, but really nice guy. I had him on to try to like get him more subs. If you want to see like that kind of stuff, you, you check him out. He's, he's really, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm literally going to yeah. go look yeah. as ba- soon as ba- I'm done. Backpack B with a K, no C, just back B-A-K-B-A-K-B. And you're going to be like, holy shit, what is going on here? That's awesome. Okay. Cool, Dude, cool. man, this was awesome having you on. We've done over an hour already. We're like maybe encroaching on an hour and 30 minutes. It was, it was a pleasure to have you on. Fellow RPG, MMO yeah. gamer. Uh, it was awesome, man. Is there anything that you want to plug or anything that you want to, a message you want to give to people that maybe want to start a YouTube channel or any a new, newcomer to the knife community? Um. Yeah, sure. I guess yeah, I, I can totally talk on the starting a YouTube thing. Um, YouTube is a lot of fun. And for me, uh, it is uh, definitely more pleasure than pain. Um, but, you know, if you're really, really passionate about something, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, how you perceive yourself, or, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, um, if you really, really, really enjoy something and you, you like the idea of sharing that information with the, with the world, you know, through the magic of YouTube, then definitely, definitely give it a shot, you know. Even if I had never, you know, grown at all, if I had hit a hundred and just stayed right at a hundred, um, I was still enjoying it enough. Just, um, just making the videos and sharing it with a few people. It's just fun to reach out and, and share the things that you love and find out that there are other people out there that enjoy them for the same reasons that you do. And I think that's really healthy. You know, uh, it can, it can help you expand on a hobby that you already love and, and bring even more enjoyment in. So, um, yeah. I, I, I think this is great. And if you've been considering it, then, you know, give it a shot because all you need is a phone yeah. and, and whatever you literally, yeah. whatever you yep. want to record, you don't have to do anything special. You know, you just, you just talk about what, what it is that you enjoy and, and the reasons why, you know, and the people who, um, who appreciate that and appreciate uh, you, you know, and the way you present it will, will come and, and stay and listen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, b- before we end, right? Uh, when you, do you have a lot of videos like backed up on your YouTube that you just release oh. them on a schedule? Like, how right many now, do you have at any given time right now? So this has my schedule in it. Um, yeah. And, and uh, how many do you have backed up on your YouTube right now? Twenty videos? Ten videos? Forty. Forty-seven videos is forty-seven. Right yeah. Yeah. There's I, a lot. I, Wow, I have like three, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so like I pre-record stuff um, for Mm -hmm. multiple reasons, um, but I found that scheduling, if you are able to create a lot of content, if you're able to use free time to do that, the nice, and I can't tell you guys how often um, I switch videos around um, for one reason or another, but um, Mm -hmm. sometimes a certain discussion topic that I just felt like was in the, it was pouring out of me and I was like, I got to start recording because I'm thinking about this and I want to then record yeah. it and then save it. And then if it, sometimes it, it's opportunistic depending mm-hmm. on something that you have recently talked about or yeah. a knife company that you're, you're exploring right now and it ties in and um, having that um, on reserve can yeah. really help keep growth moving along smoothly. Yeah, because dude. The more you put out, the more data that you have to analyze, mm-hmm. you can watch all those little graphs and um, you start to realize this followed up by this uh, has this effect. Yeah. And growth is yeah. important. You know, like if you, you know, it's, it's, it's helpful for you and the community that you're presenting yep. the information to. So yeah. Um, scheduling and, and taking advantage of uh, YouTube's uh, features, you know, for that are, are really beneficial for sure. So. Thank you for doing this, man. Everybody, this is a uh, metal complex and this is the EDCCP. It's your boy Ray from the NYC saying peace.
Yo, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit that bell icon so we can squat up in the comments.